You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons. We started doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, another week, another banger matchup for the Chargers who are going up against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday at 10 a.m., Pacific time, early morning start for us West Coasters, but thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We really appreciate you guys, especially those of you who are checking out the show for the first time. Remember, you can follow us wherever you get your podcast from so you make sure that you never miss a show. But today we're going to be starting, as we always do on Friday's show, with our defensive keys for success. The Chargers are going to have their work cut out for them because they're going up against one of the best offenses so far this year, obviously spearheaded by Lamar Jackson, who is just such a unique player. We'll talk about what the Chargers can hopefully do to slow him down a little bit. And then we'll get into our offensive keys for success, looking at the Chargers offense and the importance of continuing to score points, Austin Eckler, and so much more there before we get into our injury report news. A big name on there for the Chargers that we don't think is going to play in another one that's very, very up in the air going into Sunday's matchup. Huge names, and we'll have to talk about that to wrap up the show before we get into our bold and game predictions. So let's go ahead and get into it. All right, well, it's time to do our keys for success as we do every week. We love getting into what we think is going to decide this weekend's matchup or whatever matchup it is for that week for the Chargers. And again, it's another very interesting matchup because the Chargers, I mean, they're just going through the powerhouses of the AFC. It's Chiefs. It was the undefeated 3-0 Raiders. Then it was the 3-1 Cleveland Browns. Now you get one of the only, you know, other 4-1 teams in the AFC. The gauntlet. The Baltimore Ravens. I mean, yeah, and like that's the thing too. The fact that the Chargers are four and one at this point is super impressive with how tough their schedule has been. It's not going to get any easier this week, David, because the Baltimore Ravens are good, and they're another team that's just been finding ways to win games, even if they're behind. Their offense always does enough. Their defense always ends up making a play. I think there's some similarities to the Chargers this year. Chargers haven't got as behind as the Baltimore Ravens have, but. Probably the hardest player in the NFL to defend on a player-by-player basis. Lamar Jackson is who they're going up against this week. So what are your keys for success when you're thinking about this game, David, defensively? Yeah, so keys for success for me start with blanketing Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is the security blanket for Lamar Jackson. It seems like he is looking for him all the time. His targets have increased week over week after only getting five the first two games. That increased to seven and then eight and then 13 against the Colts. He has 29 receptions for 400 yards and two touchdowns. I expect the Chargers to put Derwin James on him as much as they can. Obviously, you want Derwin James to impact the game on multiple different areas, but you want to try to take away Mark Andrews as much as you can. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's their number one offensive weapon outside of Lamar Jackson. I mean, he almost, you know, single-handedly from a skill position player standpoint brought them back in that last game. I mean, multiple touchdowns, kept catching two-point conversions. Like, the dude just couldn't stop, you know, getting his hands on the ball He is a physical freak, too, right? He doesn't seem like he's running, you know, super fast or anything, but he's kind of like a Gronk where, like, it doesn't really look great, but, like, he's always getting open. He's always making big plays. And I think that's one of the things Lamar Jackson loves to do is throw to the middle of the field, too. And I think that's something 
The Chargers have to try to crowd the middle of the field. They have to try and disguise some things. If you look back to the Kansas City Chiefs game in week two, where the Baltimore Ravens ended up winning that game, it didn't start out looking great for them, right? Tyron Matthew had two first-half interceptions against Lamar. A lot of that came in the middle of the field. And you can see when you look at his throw chart that, yeah, he's made more outside throws this year, but he really loves throwing to the middle of the field. So if the Chargers can do some things, mix some things up there, they might be able to catch him get an interception, get a turnover, and I think forcing fumbles too, especially against Lamar. If you think back to that 2018 playoff game, Uchenin Wosu comes up with the big strip sack at the end that finally finishes the Baltimore Ravens in that game. I do wonder, you know, if Brand Staley will be looking at that, right? We talked about with Jerry O'Connell, just you saw such a good blueprint there. I think that was the game that charged you seven DBs. Well, Brandon Staley likes to use a lot of DBs too, so I don't think he's going to totally mimic that, but I do think there's some things to take away there. So I think if you're making him throw outside the numbers, it's a lot better than getting him comfortable in the middle of the field. Where do you want to go with next, David? I like that you talked about the fumbles because the Ravens have fumbled seven times so far this year. Four of those have come from Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson, we know, is obviously very electric, very elusive, has incredible quickness, lateral agility, but he doesn't really secure the ball very well when he's running with the football. So the Chargers should always look to try to knock that ball out of his hands. Uh, you want to keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. I, I'd like to yep. see the Chargers deploy a similar tactic that they did against Patrick Mahomes because if the rushers are coming too far up the field, then you're going to see Lamar Jackson, the, the human video game, take over and go crazy. And, and what he does in the open field is second to nobody. He's incredible. Right. So you have to try to limit that as much as you can. Also be ready for those design runs. The running backs might not be doing very well out there, but Lamar Jackson is, and he is their leading rusher. So Lamar Jackson on those QB keepers, you're going to see more of those from him than you're going to see from any other QB in the NFL this year. And the Chargers have forced a fumble in every game so far this year as well. So hopefully this time they can jump on top of it where they failed last week on that Derwin James sack of Baker Mayfield. But you're right. I mean, keeping him in the pocket is going to be huge. I think if you're kind of centering your focus to the middle of the field and you can make him get off that first read, maybe first and second read, and make him scramble back there too a little bit, or at least make him decide that he wants to run, he is susceptible to taking some big plays, you know, big losses too. So if you can actually be able to tackle him back there, get him down to the ground, he will take some big losses. But the defense is going to have their work cut out for him. And it's one of those things where, yeah, you want to get pressure, but you have to be so disciplined. They're going to run some RPOs against you. They're going to run a lot of different motions and things like that to make you, you know, move your eyes and try to open things up. And that's what's going to be really hard is just, you have to kind of always have an eye on Lamar Jackson, and that's what makes their running game, even the other guys, so effective, just because you have to stay put on him. Both but of them. David, I mean, both yeah. eyes on him. Both eyes on him, exactly. <laughs> but the tackling has to be better, right? I mean, last week, oh, double-digit missed tackles. And we'll talk about, you know, all the Ravens missed tackles in the next segment. But the Chargers have to rally tackle in this game. They, all, they just have to be shooting bodies at whoever has the football because if you miss a couple tackles, especially on Lamar, and he gets into the open field. I mean, it's going to be a big chunk None of these play, so. ankle-biting tackles. None of these just the launching tackles. Wrap up. Get your man to the ground and finish the play, okay? Tackle, form, tackle. That's what we got to see on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, tackling is going to be huge. Because if not, I mean, they're just going to cut you up. And I think it's another big test for the Chargers. Because obviously the number one thing, you know, for the Chargers this year has been their run defense. They've easily allowed the most yards so far, you know, per game. In the NFL, they've allowed the highest yards per carry per game. And obviously, coming off the Cleveland Browns, none of those things are going to get better when they go for 230 rushing yards. And you both predict the Chargers are going to keep them under 100. 
here's a bold prediction. I'm not going <laughs> to say that again at the end of this show, especially with Lamar, because we just don't really know how this new defense is going to adapt to it. And we'll talk about later. We don't know about Nazir Adderley in this game. Drew Tranquil probably isn't going to play. That's tough. You know, a lot of young guys are going to be out there going up against a guy on Lamar Jackson where you probably have never gone up against a guy like that, right? A lot of the Chargers on this team, I mean, Easton Stick's not going to be able to replicate that in practice, what Lamar is doing Nobody once he gets on that, that field. No, but I think you just have to, you know, stay disciplined. And if you can just do enough in the, you know, run defense game, David, if you can get a couple tackles for loss, if you can set them behind the sticks, if you can attack the mesh point right and get penetration right when they're trying to run those RPOs and things to make life a little bit more difficult, you can do enough to get off the field in key moments. I mean, Chargers gave up 230 rushing yards last week. They still won the game. So, I mean, they just, I think, have to do enough. Yeah, and they, they also need to get pressure on Lamar Jackson as well. And when they do want to get pressure, they should be attacking Alejandro Villanueva. He was questionable he going plays, into the yeah. yeah, if he plays. And but he he was questionable going into the Monday night game against the Colts. So we already know that he's banged up and he's really not playing that well either. He's given up four sacks, six QB hits, twelve hurries, and twenty-two pressures. So Uchen Wosu, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, whoever they're sending after the quarterback, if you have a one-on-one matchup with Alejandro Villanueva, then you should like your chances and you should be going for broke to get after Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and I'm very interested to see how the Chargers use Derwin James because obviously you want to use him on Mark Andrews, right, and limit him like he did to Darren Moore and he's done to you know everyone in the past. But he's also the only guy that you really have that's like on the same plane athletically as Lamar Jackson, right? He's not – I wouldn't say he's the athlete that Lamar Jackson is, but he's the only – he's the Chargers' closest shot to it, right? Like, So yeah. one of the things they did before is they had him blitzing a lot, having him chase – Lamar in the backfield because he's more likely to be able to catch up to him, unlike, you know, maybe Limbaugh Joseph is. So that's <laughs> going to be a key chess piece for the Chargers this weekend. I'm very interested to see how they deploy Derwin James and how they, you know, maybe try to hide some of the young players they have out there defensively so they don't get exposed. But we do have to get into the offensive side of things because I think the Chargers are going to need to put up some points. We're going to tell you how they can do it coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. Football is back in better than ever, and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another season of football. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have right now for 2021. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. We'll give you some free money to play with. You can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, to receive your bonus at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, David. Well, now it's time to get into our offensive keys for success. Once again, thanks for making us your first listen as we get you ready for a giant game coming up against the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be tough, David, because the Baltimore Ravens do have a pretty good defense as well. I mean, I think if you're looking overall, you know, DVOA, I believe that they're 12th. It is a solid defense they have. They have had a lot of injuries, though, and that's definitely going to play a factor. The Chargers have way more than enough firepower. It almost doesn't matter, that, right? Like, the Chargers, if they're oh, yeah. not scoring, it's on them. And they have more than enough to get the job done. So when you're looking at the Chargers offense, what matchups or what part of their game are you looking at specifically for them to try to exploit against the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, when you look at this Baltimore Ravens defense, the first place that I look at where they should look to exploit 
this defense is right in the middle, and that's the linebacker positions, and especially in coverage. Patrick Queen has allowed 19 receptions on 24 targets for 193 yards. Their other linebacker, Malik Harrison, 11 receptions on 14 targets for 154 yards and a touchdown. So I expect Jared Cook and Donald Parham anytime, and I mean anytime, they are lined up one-on-one against one of these linebackers. It is a huge mismatch, and the Chargers should be looking to take advantage of it every single time they see it. Along that same vein, I think it could be a huge game for Austin Eckler because I think the Ravens, especially with their missed tackles, I am pro football focused. David told me it was 50 missed tackles, which is 10 per game so far this season on pro football reference. Where I looked, it was 45 missed tackles. I mean, between two places, that's nine or 10 missed tackles a game. And the one guy that can make people miss the most on the charge offense is Austin Eckler. And that showed itself up with most running backs going up against the Baltimore Ravens defense this year. So far, running backs against the Ravens defense have averaged six catches per game for almost 70 yards. And that's like normal running backs, right? That's not Austin Eckler type of running backs. And I think he could find some success. I'm not going to hold my breath in the rushing game as well, because even though the Ravens are one of the top teams as far as yards allowed per game on the ground, the last two games, they've allowed over five and a half yards per carry given up over 100 yards in each of those games. So I think those are two places where Austin Eckler for the Chargers, PFP, can have some success, especially in the passing game, because these guys really struggle at tackling, and Austin Eckler, as we saw last week, was just bouncing off dudes into the end zone. I expect it to be more of that this week against the Ravens. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, with all those missed tackles, you want to get them out and get those linebackers and get those defenders out in space and try to make them make tackles out in space. And that's where Austin Eckler does his best work. So, yeah, it should be a huge game with the with the screens. I mean, the Colts and the Lions both use the screen game to to high success against the and Ravens. We finally so. saw the Chargers do that last week, too. We hadn't really seen a lot of screens this season. And last week, you get a touchdown on one, you get another big chunk on another one. That was the best they've looked all year. Yeah, and they were schemed really well, too. I mean, they did a fake yeah. to the left side and then threw it back to the right side, and then they even got Donald Parham kind of involved in a little bit of a screen kind of thing. So, yeah, the Chargers, uh, they know how to do it. They've done it and had success with it. They should use that against the Ravens for sure. For me, my next key is better play calling on first down. This is from Warren yeah. Sharp. They're number 28 in EPA, which is uh, expected points added. On first down passes, they're at a negative 0.04 EPA per attempt. And then on third downs, they are number three uh, in EPA. So, you know, we've seen the Chargers have so much success on third and fourth down. So they really need to improve their play calls on first down. They, they averaged only 2.3 air yards per attempt on first down passes in the first through third quarters against the Browns. And at that point, they were down 27 to 13. In the third quarter, they had an average of 8.7 yards to go on third down, which is obviously terrible. You can't get that yeah. far behind the sticks and expect to win football games. In the second half of that game against the Browns, they got a lot better and they only averaged 5.7 yards to go on third down, which is a lot more manageable. The Chargers need to have better play calling on first down so they can stay ahead of the sticks on second and third down and stay on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard to look at the Chargers either and just know how good they've been on third and fourth down. But a lot of the time, the reason they're even having to make those miraculous plays on third and fourth down is because what they're not doing on first down, right? And specifically taking a lot of shots. They haven't taken a lot of shots on first down, which, you know, by analytics, that's the best time to actually take those shots, right? And we before last week, weren't really seeing those shots down the field. But I think it's not just what they do on first down, 
But also, I'm going to say it again, what they do in the red zone. Because I think there's a reason that the Chargers are 3-0 in their last three games. And I think a big part of that is going 12 out of 14 during those three games, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And the Ravens have a pretty good red zone defense, only allowing opponents this year to score 50% of touchdowns, score touchdowns 50% of the time. But I think that's huge because the first three games, we saw how constipated the Chargers offense was, right? Three out of 10 in the red zone. And then the last three games, 12 out of 14, and one of those is a Justin Herbert kneel down. So, like, really, 12 out of 13 is what the Chargers were in the red zone. So, especially like with Lamar Jackson, who can run the football, who can take some time off the clock, shorten possessions, keep the ball out of Herbie's hands a little bit, kind of like what we saw in the Dallas game, maybe what we thought we were going to see in the Cleveland Browns game. When you get close, because I do think the Chargers will be able to move the ball in this game, right? It's what they do when they get down there, especially with a field goal kicker that missed two PATs last week, right? So, you have to score touchdowns in this game against an explosive offense so you don't get let them come back like we saw last week with the Colts allowing them to get back into that game, right? So I think that's a big part of it. We talked a little bit about holding up against pressure. I think one of my things for this game is the right side of the offensive line holding up, right? Just because Odea Bushi is now on injured reserve. He's done for the season. Brian Bulaga is probably out for at least most of the season. And you're probably going to have Storm Norton and Michael Schofield out there on the right side. And how are they going to handle the blitzes by the Ravens, David? And also, on the plus side of that, take advantage of the Ravens blitzing. They blitz almost 33% of the time. So the screen passes will be big like we talked about before. And Justin Herbert, I think, is going to have to do some Justin Herbert things in this one and make some plays out of the pocket. Because if he gets out of the pocket, we all know the big plays he can make. And we've seen some big plays against the Ravens defense this year when quarterbacks are able to get away from the pressure and kind of expose the blitz. Yeah, definitely. The The Chargers and Justin Herbert has been fantastic against the Blitz, at least last year. He's not doing quite as well this year, but uh, he's still fantastic at it. He has all the weapons and all the tools to be able to beat it. Also, would like to see the Chargers take some deep shots, uh, especially targeting Anthony Averett. He's only five foot eleven. He's coming off of one of his worst games where he allowed nine catches for 184 yards and a touchdown and got absolutely mossed by Michael Pittman. Uh, so if you get Mike Mike Williams at six foot four uh, or even Keenan Allen on Anthony Averett, you should be looking to take advantage of that matchup. Also, I want the Chargers to continue focusing on ball security. The Chargers are at plus two of the turnover deferential. They've done a great job along with their red zone offense in protecting the football and not giving it away. I think those two things are two main reasons why the Chargers are winning football games. And then my last key here, uh, I think is very important, and it's finish with the ball. Lamar Jackson has shown that he can bring his team back from pretty much any situation, and we know Justin Tucker is one of the most accurate kickers with one of the biggest legs in NFL history. He made a 66-yard field goal earlier this season to secure a win for the Ravens. So if you can limit the opportunities that Lamar Jackson and Justin Tucker have, and if you can end with the ball in victory formation, that is the best recipe to secure a victory against the Ravens. Yeah, and I mean, the one game we saw the Chargers lose this year, what was it, right? It was a 58-yard field goal with Justin Herbert standing on the sideline. I think that's the worst thing that can happen to you if you're the Chargers. Obviously, you want to be able to finish the game on your own terms. Like, we've really only got to see them do week one against the Washington football team without giving the other team at least a chance, right, to get back into it. And the Chargers, you know, against the Chiefs, against last week, the Browns, gave the other team a chance. Even though it was a slight chance, they gave the other team a chance at the end of the game. But at least they've been handling those games, you know, handling those situations much better this year than they have in years past. Well, let's also see what happens 
when you were talking about the Anthony Averett thing, it made me think, like, especially in the red zone, like I was talking about, if you have, you know, Mike Williams or Donald Parham, one of those guys on that dude, like, good luck for him, right? Even though he had been good. Open hit. season. Even though he had been good so far this year before that game, according to Kevin Ostriker. So that is going to be interesting. I do think the Chargers should be able to put up points in this game, though. It could turn into a shootout potentially, but for the Chargers, I mean, if they don't get in their own way, there's no reason they shouldn't be putting up around 30 points in this game, even against a defense that has some really talented players like Jason Oway or Calais Campbell, you know, Brandon Williams, if he plays. But we do have to get into some injuries because there are some big names on the Chargers injury report this week. So we'll talk about who we think is going to play in our bold in-game predictions coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar, Built Bar. And right now, they have a special limited-time flavor. You guys can go right now and get the Rocky Road flavor, which is delicious. You can also do any of my other favorites that they have, like cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, coconut, coconut almond, and so much more. And what I love about Built Bars is just the fact that you can eat something that tastes great, and you don't have to feel bad about it. You can feel like you're eating a candy bar while having something that fits on your diet because most of the bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So if you're craving something sweet and you need something to eat that's going to fit on your diet, you can choose a Built Bar, get all of the flavors that they have available, get a mix box so you can keep switching it up and try them out and see which one's your favorite, and you can have the protein bar that is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com right now, guys, and we can even save you some money. If you use the promo code LOCKED15, you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, well, now it's time to get into the injury report, which is always a sore subject, no pun intended, for the Chargers. And once again, there's some big names on the Chargers injury report this week that were not at practice on Thursday. So I definitely want to start there, David, because... There's some concerning names, right? So first, let's start with the guy who I think is going to play and is you know, desperately hoping he's going to play. Mike Williams has not practiced so far this week. He was a DMP on Wednesday and Thursday's practice. Obviously, we're recording this on Thursday night, so we don't know what it's going to look like for him. But we do know that he kind of got injured in the last game, came back in, scored a touchdown. I think he's going to be out there on Sunday, David. Yeah, I think you look at this uh, Mike Williams situation as he's a veteran at this point and Brandon Staley wants to do everything everything that he can to get his guys to Sunday. So if that's a DNP two times for a guy who's played a lot of football already in his career and that he trusts and has also shown a propensity to play hurt or play with injuries, I think you trust that Mike Williams is going to be out there on Sunday. And they'll need him too because he's been, you know, one of their best offensive players this season. I mean, just one of the best offensive players in the league so far this season but now the guy that I don't think is going to go play and that's Drew Tranquil who shows up on this list with a pec injury just going based on how Brandon Staley was talking about it him avoiding IR made it seem to me just like okay well that's good he probably isn't going to miss three weeks then again you know Justin Jones was injured three weeks before he went on IR but for Drew Tranquil I just think it's not going to happen this week which would mean probably Nick Neiman a rookie linebacker filling in in his spot and Amen Ogbogbamiga or boy Bong would be in a key depth role, right? Both of those guys are special teams players. Both would have to probably get some snaps defensively on Sunday with Kenneth Murray already on injured reserve and now Drew Tranquil. And then there's Nazir Adderley too, David, who is a lot tougher to decide whether we think he's going to play right because he was a limited participant on Wednesday and then comes back and did not participate in Thursday's practice, which is usually not a good sign. 
Yeah, whenever you're on, on the other side of that trajectory and you're you're not getting better, you're getting worse as the week goes on and we get closer to the game, that's never a good sign. So hopefully it's nothing serious for Nas and he's able to to go out there and play. Uh, or we're going to see a lot of Mark Webb out there, the, the, the rookie seventh-round pick. And I don't know how comfortable I am with that against Lamar Jackson, who is starting to really figure it out as a passer. Uh, and Drew Tranquil, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to see him especially with the bye week coming up next week. I think this is going to be just an opportunity for him to get right, get healthy, and then get back uh, after the bye with a couple of other guys that can help the Chargers when they get off of IR as well. Yeah, I mean, for Nazir Adderley, that would mean a lot of Alohi Gilman, you know, who missed some big tackles last week, and Mark Webb, who's a rookie. And then you'd also have, you know, Nick Neiman, who's in there as a rookie. This is just a very tough matchup, right? For you to get, you know, your first starts, your first major. I like what time. I've seen from Nick Neiman, though. I mean, he seemed like a tackling machine in preseason. Uh, every time we saw him, he was around the football. So we'll see how he does. Yeah, I mean, in the preseason is hard. Obviously, it's hard to get. Oh yeah, yeah, think, for I'm sure. Pretty sure he he led everyone in the NFL in preseason tackles. Uh, but I like the way he played against the run. I liked his instincts and things like that. That shouldn't change, right? I mean, things will be a little bit faster going up against real starters and stuff obviously but at the same time like he's looked okay and I think that's something that they obviously felt comfortable enough to put themselves in this position right to have him have to come into a role like this but obviously you're not expecting you're going to lose two of your main linebackers in Tranquil and Kenneth Murray but flipping things over to the Baltimore side a lot of people were making a big deal about Lamar Jackson suddenly not practicing on Thursday I 100% think he's going to play. According to it, uh, the Baltimore media that covers the team, he already missed a practice earlier in the season and then ended up playing later on that week. So he it says he has an illness. Obviously, he probably doesn't have COVID-19 because he would be on the COVID-19 list. I'm not going to read too much into Lamar Jackson not participating because I feel like that would just be major news and everybody would be talking about it. The offensive line, I'm not as sure about, David, because... We all know how good Ronnie Stanley is. He's, I mean, 90% chance, 99% chance he's not going to play. Uh, their reporters also are saying Sammy Watkins is probably not going to play after both of them did not practice on Thursday. But it could be Alejandro Villanueva as well not playing potentially. And that's a guy, like you said, he'd been struggling already. So to have Stanley and Alejandro Villanueva both not playing, Ben Cleveland, one of their starting guards on injured reserve, that could be a storyline going in that could be important for the Chargers. Yeah, definitely important because if Alejandro Villanueva can't play, then they're probably looking at Andre Smith, which is what Kevin Ostriker of Lockdown Ravens said. And Andre Smith's been in the league for like 15 years. And although, you know, he is a former first round pick, uh, he's nowhere close to the player that he was, the you know, the first seven or eight years of his career. So, I mean, that's definitely going to be a huge loss if they can't get their number one or number two tackle out there protecting for Lamar Jackson on Sunday. Right, I mean, that can be dangerous in its own right, right? Because, like, the pocket breaks down quicker. He decides to use his leg more. And that's why going up against Lamar Jackson is such a risky proposition, right? And you heard the respect that Brandon Staley had for him, right? Said it was a league full of superstars, and he's right up there at the top of the list. And he just said that there's danger on every snap, which is why it's so tough with Lamar Jackson. Think he's going to play. The offensive line, though, definitely banged up. And obviously, the Chargers, even though they're on the injury report, are missing two starters on the right side of their offensive line and Brian Bulaga and of course now Odea Bushi after officially being done for the season with a torn ACL but the Chargers for the you know Derwin James is going to be out there Joey Bosa is not again is going to be out there all most of their skill offensive players right 
should be out there, even if Mike Williams isn't able to go, and we think he will. But obviously, it's been much worse for the Chargers. I think that they'll be okay in this one. Let's get to our bold predictions now, David. I can't go first since, like I said already, I had the worst bold prediction last week that got erased in the first quarter. I also have John Kegley's bold prediction because he wasn't able to join us tonight. He's dealing with movers, and I think we can all be sympathetic towards that because moving sucks. So I'm not going to blame him for this one. But, David, I'll let you go first with your bold prediction. Yeah, so I, I painted a giant red bullseye on the linebackers earlier, and I said that the tight ends would really be able to take advantage. Well, that's right where I'm going to go with my bold prediction. I think Donald Parham and Jared Cook are going to combine for over 10 catches, 180 yards, and two touchdowns in this game against the Ravens. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I mean, I think for the Chargers, that's definitely a place that we've seen them go to, right, when they weren't getting as much like against the Raiders out of their wide receivers. It was a very tight end heavy approach, tight ends and running backs. I could definitely see a game like that breaking out, trying to take advantage of those linebackers. And I'll give John Kegley's because his is on the defensive side. I'm going to go back to the offensive side for my bold prediction on this one. But John always goes very bold. This week, he says the defense is going to force four turnovers in the game three of which will be fumbles. So like we talked about, the Chargers have been one of the best teams in the NFL, forcing fumbles so far this year. The Ravens have been one of the worst fumbling teams so far this year. And we saw how big of a swing it was last week. It didn't end up costing them the game, but he was basically going into the end zone. Lamar Jackson fumbled, and it almost got taken back for a touchdown. If it wasn't Should have been a taken forward back lateral. for a touchdown, yeah. but that's another I don't story even th- for another day. Yeah, I don't know if that was a forward lateral. It seemed like a... Kind of a sketchy call there, but either way, like especially if he's going for the end zone, trying to you know get a first down, holding the ball out at all, get after that ball. The Chargers forced three fumbles the last time these two teams played. I think they can do it again in this one. Like that that thing, man. (laughs) Exactly. So for me, I'm going to go for the big bounce back game for Keenan Allen because I feel like a lot of people have been wondering about Keenan Allen had some drops and made people forget that he converted two fourth downs and a couple of big third downs last week. I think he comes back in a big way, especially after having those drops and things. I'm going to say Keenan Allen in this one goes seven for a buck 25 and a touchdown in this and, and, you know, tries to take back a little bit of that wide receiver one talk for the Chargers as he's been for them basically the last four years in a row. So I expect a big game coming out from Keenan Allen. I like Marlon Humphrey and guys like that, but I do think that Keenan Allen has a point to prove a little bit. And I think Justin Herbert's going to be looking for that guy against a defense who's going to be trying to get a lot of pressure against him. So let's get into our game predictions now. This is a tough one. The Ravens are favored in this game. So this is not going to be an easy matchup. Most books have it close, right? Ravens are going to get three for being the home team and all that. So it's basically a pick em. David, who are you going with to win this game? Yeah, this one's a really, really tough one for me. Uh, and it's been really hard for me to pick this one because – the Ravens are explosive. Lamar Jackson, like I said, seemed to be figuring it out as a passer. Very, very explosive as a yeah. runner. He's just one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. So having to combat that and the Chargers' track record against running quarterbacks are not great, although this is a, a new age. So uh, the Chargers should be able to score just as much as the Ravens do. I think they're going to be able to protect the football again in this game. I do think it's going to be a very, very close game and a game that should definitely be on Sunday night football, but I am going to take the Chargers to win a very, very close game. I think I'm going to go 35 to 34 Chargers win. Ooh, a one point win. And the thing that scares me about this game is that it comes down to anything special teams, right? Because they have Justin Tucker <laughs> and you don't. 
And uh, that's the best kicker we've ever seen, right? And he's already made an NFL record field goal to win a game this season against the Lions. I think it's going to be close. Hopefully it doesn't come down to field goals. I mean, we saw the Chargers last week. Didn't get the point after touchdown and it ended up not mattering because they still came back and scored another touchdown or got carried into the end zone for another touchdown. John Kegley is our usual historian on these things, so I'm going to tell you what he says. The Baltimore Ravens currently own the lead in the all-time series against the Baltimore Ravens, 6-7. to seven. But John does think that they tie it up at 7-7. Seven and seven. He has the Chargers winning 34-31 to 31 in doing so, tying the all-time season record. So both of you guys have the Chargers winning. I know every week I say, like, hey, I mean, I could change my mind when we get to this point because it is so close and they've been just playing really good teams. I don't know if I can go against Daly, right, because I saw their – biggest weaknesses get exposed to a certain extent last week and they still won the game anyways I know it's on the road they're undefeated on the road so far this year so uh, I just I don't think I can bet against Brandon Staley I think I'm gonna pick the Chargers in this one as well I do think the defense is gonna struggle to contain Lamar Jackson just like every other team in the league does I'm gonna say similar to you guys I'm gonna say that the Chargers win this game 35 to 27 against the Baltimore Ravens. I think they pull a little bit further away late, but I think most of this game is very, very tight. I just can't bet against Brandon Staley at this point, David. Like, I've done it, and it's came back and bit me in the ass. So I'm not doing it this week. I'm going to pick the Chargers to win this one in a game that's going to determine a lot, right? Everyone loves power rankings. The Ravens are definitely going to be far above the charge, right? This is almost like which one of you is really for this real very well could this be game. a preview of a playoff game that we see later on in the year. 100%. I mean, two division leaders going at it. Big time stakes as far as a buy if the Chargers get there down the road, right? If they end up being close to the top as the number one team in the AFC like they are right now, this head-to-head matchup is going to be important. So it is a big game for the Chargers. I'm not going to doubt them. Even with their injuries, I'm going to say the Chargers pull this thing up. But the great news is we'll be back with you guys here on Monday and giving you all of our instant reactions over the weekend to the game when it's going down. So to talk with us during the game and get how we're feeling about it, make sure to follow us on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. We also post the show to all of our social media as well, so you can follow the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC and give us a follow on our new Instagram page at LockedOnChargers and go like our LockedOnChargers Facebook page. Make sure if you guys don't want to miss our reactions on Monday to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or the new Odyssey app. You can always find us there. And if you can on your platform, make sure to rate and review if you like the show as well. We would very much appreciate it. If you guys want to call in with your reactions, the voicemail line is 323-524-7924. And we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But huge game this weekend. I'm so excited about it. And we'll be back with our reactions for you guys on Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.